Hello, everybody. This is a Penn State football podcast brought to you by ForTheGloryOfOldState.com. I'm Craig Rosala, and I am live with Brandon Musso from a snowy northeastern Pennsylvania. How, how are you doing today, Brandon? <laughs> I'm doing good. Just resting after some shoveling. Yeah, that, that lower back is probably feeling a little bit. <laughs> sure is. I wish we got like a snow game on Saturday, but here we are previewing a uh we're gonna see a lot of snow on the sidelines i think but nothing on the field on saturday penn state's playing illinois in their final game of the season a uh, possible bull bid at stake uh, if they get their final win here but we know this game for sure is you know on the schedule playing illinois it's a team that we're not too sure on right now um talking before that we started recording me and brandon just we're not sure what to expect from this illinois team they let go of their head coach, Lovey Smith, obviously familiar name, Chicago Bears head coach. He's been at Illinois the last few years. Just let him go after a disappointing two and five season to this point. Um, they're replacing him with interim head coach, Rod Smith. At this point, we just don't know what to expect from the Illini. Uh, Brandon, what do you have on Illinois right now? Um, I think we're kind of just looking at a team that's struggling. Uh, I don't really know how you could <laughs> classify it any uh, clearer than that, you know, coming into the game two and five, having, you know, as you said, just fired their coach, Lovey Smith. I, I think we could say that they're probably not that good of a team. Um, they started off the season 0 and 3, and they gave up 30 points, 30 plus points in all three of those games. Um, so obviously not the start that they were probably hoping for. Uh, but then they, you know, finally got into the win column. They beat Rutgers in Nebraska back to back. And I'll tell you what, their defense actually looked pretty decent in those games, and they fought hard. Uh, but then, you know, they came out and dropped their next two, but it was to ranked opponents, Iowa and Nebraska. So um, it's not all Nebraska. that. <laughs> yeah, it's not all of that. Uh, it's not all that bad that they lost them. But, I mean, all in all, not the best team that Penn State's seen by a long shot. But on paper, I think we could say that Penn State is probably the more talented team. But we'll see, you know, how that plays out when they go out into the field. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just looking at the stuff from last season for Illinois. I think kind of like Penn State, they're in a situation where COVID really disrupted things for them. And I'm not saying that Illinois should have been a top-10 team like Penn State was preseason. But I think last year with Lovey Smith at the helm again, they went 6-6 six and six in the regular season and actually made a bowl game. They had a nice four-game winning streak in the middle of the season. Uh, I don't know if you remember, they upset Wisconsin last year, came back and won that one. You know, they were a pretty solid team. and then. This year, just a disaster, and you know a lot of that has to stem with uh, the passing game. They're last in yards per game passing right now at 157.6, and they've had three or four guys trying to figure out who can throw the ball the best. They had Brandon Peters, transfer from Michigan, trying to throw the ball, and most recently Isaiah Williams has been the, the guy that's been taking the helm, but even then it hasn't been the most efficient offense. And also looking at defensively, they are last in yards per game allowed at 451 yards per game. And this is from a Lovey Smith coach team. He has a great defensive reputation from his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his time with the Chicago Bears when he took them, took them to a Super Bowl. That's supposed to be his strength, and it's been a glaring weakness, and everybody in the conference has been taking advantage. Uh, and on top of that, they're the second-worst team in the conference in rushing yards allowed at nearly 227 per game. So, it, you know, there's been changes, but how many changes can be made within the week? 
uh, going into this matchup? That's a big question for uh, the Illini. Yeah, I mean, I would expect going into it that they have had, you know, some time to prepare for Penn State. So, you know, maybe in the first quarter or so, they have kind of a a feel for what Penn State's doing and and kind of have a way to stop them. But, you know, we've seen teams that do that um, in the beginnings of of games against Penn State over the last couple of years. I remember, I think it was, you know, two or three years ago. I can't remember the team, but I remember Jason Kabinda saying, you know, they had – they had in the beginning of the game, they had their, you know, Penn State beaters, if you will, um, for the first, you know, quarter. They had plays and, and ways to stop Penn State. But then, you know, after that, Penn State kind of just took over. So I kind of expect them to prepare a little bit and kind of have their Penn State beaters. Um, there are certain plays that, that can get the job done. But um, beyond that, probably nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I think Rod Smith's going to have the playbook wide open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you want to get into some players to watch for this matchup? Yeah, so you just mentioned Brandon Peters, and you know he is the guy that I actually picked for my Illinois player to watch. He, If he's in there, um, I'm picking him not because of his arm in the, in the passing game, but because of his ability to scramble. I think that he's sneaky good with his legs. I don't think a lot of people see that out of him, but we've seen a lot across college football over the last – bunch of years you know a mobile QB is one of the hardest things for defenses to defend and I think that you know having a guy like him who you know doesn't have the reputation per se of someone who could actually you know scramble um, he'll you know catch Penn State off guard and they'll have a little bit of trouble with him so you know I think he has that ability that makes him a player to watch. Yeah and you mentioned quarterback Brandon Peters and it's, inter- it's going to be interesting to see who is on uh, the starting lineup for the Penn State defensive line. If Jason Owe is out there, if um, Shaka Tony's out there, I'm not sure if he has an injury concern, but maybe they're holding guys out because of the draft. I'm not sure what they're going to be doing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Peters can take advantage of anybody that is missing um, on Penn State defensive front on Saturday. I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to go to uh, Jake Hansen, who is a very experienced linebacker for the Illini. And I feel like within the Big Ten, you always see guys like this that are three or four-year starters that even on, you know, the, the bad teams in the conference, these guys are such productive players, and they do such a great job. Um, I'm thinking of, like, like Riley Jewell or Josie. Is it Josie Jewell or Riley Jewell from Iowa a couple years ago? Like, he, he was insane, 20-something taxes against Penn State and that near upset in Iowa City. Like, they, there's just always guys. Wisconsin always has those guys, and this is – the Illini's guy, Jake Hansen. Um, let me read off a couple numbers, you know, that just stood out to me as I'm doing research on the Illini and trying to really find, you know, a really productive player on their roster. So for the season, 59 tackles and, you know, a shortened season, only seven games for them, two forced fumbles, uh, two fumble recoveries, two picks. So he's being, he's able to create some big plays. And then going back to last year, more of a complete season, obviously, uh, he forced seven fumbles, and he recovered three of them and also had another interception with three and a half sacks. So he is a obvious playmaker for the Illini on that defense, and he's somebody that it's, it's his last game as a, a member of the Illinois football team and before he goes to the NFL and pursues uh, the professional route. I'm looking for him to have a big game and really help, uh, help the, uh, the Illini propel themselves to an upset here. 
I like that pick because I think we always get in the modes where we kind of don't really pick defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. when we're doing these, but I do like that you kind of switched over to the, the defensive side. Hey, back-to-back weeks for me, man. I'm, I'm defensive yeah, I like this. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on the defense. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. Uh, let's switch over to Penn State players to watch. Um, so for me, you know, this game's going to be all about the run game for the offense. Um, so I'm going with Kevon Lee for this one. Last week, you know, it wasn't the best week for him. You know, I think the run game in general was probably not what we had hoped. I know you mentioned that in the last podcast about how they were really relying more on the pass than the run in terms of comparing them to the, the previous weeks where the run game was going. And so was the pass game. You know, last game was kind of just a lot of the pass game. But I think for a team like Illinois, I think they need to get the, the run game going. So I'm watching for lead to lead the pack with a nice day, you know, with the usual suspects behind them also making some contributions, you know, your, your Will Levis, maybe a little bit of Kaziah Holmes. I, I don't know what Ford status is. We saw him not really, did he, I don't even think he got a carry last he, game. He, did he didn't, he didn't play, but he dressed. So, and there was no um, like announcement on him. Yeah. So interesting there, but we'll, I mean, we'll see if he's out there I mean, he'll probably uh, contribute if he does play. But those three guys, like Lee in particular, I think will have the best out of all of them. But you'll obviously see Clifford and Levis and maybe Kaziah Holmes. So the run game in particular, but Lee uh, definitely is my player to watch. Yeah, and we always discuss this, that we don't talk about our picks beforehand. We just have the format ready for what we're going to be doing here. And I went with Kevon Lee as well for a lot of the same reasons that you had. And on top of that, like you mentioned Devin Ford, I'm hoping that we do see him out there because I think he was hitting his stride a little bit before he, you know, um, you know, he had some family issues. I don't know if he's injured now, what the deal may be, but I think we were starting to see some good things from him. Um, and I'm hoping that in the possible last game of the year, we're able to see him again. And I, I said it before, you know, Illinois is the second worst team in conference in allowing uh, rushing yards per game at nearly 227. Um, you know, if Penn State can just, take over and run the ball, it's not a close contest, in my opinion. It would just make things a lot easier for Clifford in the passing game, all of that. It, it just opens up everything. So uh, I'm going with Yvonne Lee as well. And I'm going to segue right into my key to the game, and it's going to be which defense stops the run. Again, Illinois has struggled mightily with that, and Penn State has done a much better job uh, in recent weeks in defending the running game. I think that's the key of the game. Who, if Illinois is able to step up and finally, you know, step up to the occasion and, and you know, get to the ball carrier in the backfield, create some big plays in the backfield, maybe uh, force some fumbles, put themselves in a good position to win. If Penn State can just keep doing what they've been doing defensively and stopping the run, they'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm right along with you in that line of thinking, and I'll talk more about it in our next few segments, but – I think the key to this game is who wins up front. Can the Penn State offensive line like hold off the pass rush to the Illinois defensive line? That'll be huge because we talk about it all the time. Clifford gets you know happy feet in the pocket, and if they are having their way with the offensive line, you know it could be a long day for the for the defense or for the offense and Clifford in particular throwing the ball and. This the Penn State defensive line can they beat the offensive line and you know can they contain Peters? I mentioned before that he I think he has the ability to scramble and I don't think I think it's kind of underrated. Nobody really kind of expects it out of him. So 
who can win up front. These are the battles that I think will be the key to decide this game. Yeah, I forgot to mention one thing about the Illini. You know, not just Penn State doing a great job of preventing the run, but the Illini are really good at running the football. They are right behind Ohio State in rushing yards per game as a team at 202 yards. And they're you know, second in the Big Ten, you know, behind the Buckeyes, who are a playoff team at this point. That's uh, that's a pretty good accomplishment, I think, for a team that's struggled to find many good things to happen this year. So, but look for look for some work in the trenches this week, and I think that's I think we're we're pretty hand in hand here on what we're thinking with uh, what's going to happen on Saturday. Uh, so let's get into our you know our segue before the predictions. Uh, Penn State wins if. Okay, so Penn State wins if they can dominate with the rushing attack. I I know we just talked about this. We don't we do not tell each other what we pick and this is exactly what I wrote when I was preparing for this. I think that, you know, the Illinois pass rush is going to be an issue for Penn State. So I think they're going to need a healthy dose of the rushing attack to be able to move the ball effectively. I think that's just the, one of the biggest keys in this game. So if they win if they can win up front, you know, and start getting Lee going, and, you know, continue to mix it up, you know, bring Levis in, get him involved like they have the past couple of weeks. And, and Clifford himself, you know, he can get out of the pocket. We've seen him do it before. That's, you know, something that he has in his arsenal. So the key is being able to dominate the rushing attack because then that kind of opens up the passing game, which we said, which I just mentioned before. I think they're going to have a tough time with the pass rush and Clifford struggles with that. Um, I know we're kind of, I feel like we're repeating ourselves, but this is exactly what, <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking There's about. There's a formula here. There's a formula. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, when I, when I go through and research a game, I kind of look at the big picture and then I kind of break it down into parts. And this was the most glaring part that I've noticed was, you know, the, the defensive line and offensive line matchups on both sides. So, you know, that's just what I think is the biggest key. They need to be able to run the ball with ease. Yeah, I'm going to take it a, even a step further and just saying Penn State wins if they continue to execute the offensive game plan that Kirk puts in. Last week, we saw that they adjusted throughout the game and becoming more of a pass-happy offense as opposed to the running style of offense that they had uh, their previous two wins. Whatever it is on Saturday, if it's the running game from the jump and they're able to dominate you know, the ground game, great. If they have to adjust, okay, we can we, we need to execute that as well with two of the best receivers in the Big Ten. You know, I, I think this is just a team that is playing really good football. They're really confident, and they're I think they're more talented by Illinois than by a lot. So if you want to execute, you you follow the game plan, whatever Kirk has in, in mind. If I'm I have a feeling that we see the most open playbook that we've seen all season. I'm, I'm thinking some trick plays, maybe a flea flicker, some reverses, doing different things to get different guys in space. It's the last game. Just leave things out on the line. I don't think he's going to keep, you know, everything on the tuck going into the next year. So I think just execute whatever Kirk has planned and have some fun with it. You come out on top. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the key. That's what's been the formula for them uh, for winning the last couple of games. Yeah. So how do you think Illinois can win this game? Yeah, so I kind of just went with the opposite of this. You know, Illinois will win if the defensive line can win. Uh, their their line has had some pr- impressive games this season. I, I looked a little bit into their, their schedule and a couple of their games, um, took a deep dive into there. But if they can dominate on that front, then Penn State will have a really hard time moving the ball. Um, I just mentioned before, Clifford struggles when he's uncomfortable in the pocket. 
like struggles mightily. I know most quarterbacks do struggle, but we've seen Clifford with the, with the happy feet in the pocket makes inner inaccurate throws and kind of feels like he has to force things, which never turns out good for the Penn state offense. So if he's struggling because they're getting a good pass rush and the lion and I are shutting down the run game, then I think they found themselves a formula that could really prevent Penn state from actually putting up some points on them. So if they can do that, they will win the game. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, we, we always touch on the turnover aspect of the game because we've seen that be a huge struggle for Penn state. And I think Illinois wins this game if they're able to win the turnover margin in a, by like a lot. So I'm going to go into some of their game logs from, you know, earlier games this year in their last five games, the Illinois offense only has one turnover and it was a fumble. And in their last three games, no turnovers at all. And so on the season, they have seven, four of them were in one game. Um, so two against Wisconsin, four in the second game. Uh, so, you know, that was all early on. Turnovers have not been a problem for the offense. But then you look at their defense in the two games that they've won, three turnovers, three picks against um, Rutgers, and then they had five turnovers, two fumbles, and three interceptions against Nebraska. So in their two wins, turnovers have been phenomenal for them. They've worked out great. But in the last two games, unfortunately, they only have one turnover. Again, they forced a fumble, but they haven't been able to do much with it. And with a team that has struggled so much with scoring uh, and, and, you know, throwing the football, creating shortened fields and creating points through your defense will be a huge key for Illinois. So if they're able to get four or five turnovers, watch out. Watch out for the Illini because that's how they win these football games, uh, you know, against Rutgers and Nebraska in the middle of the year. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this a lot in – previous podcasts like the mistakes are, are what kills Penn State we saw the mistakes especially in the Indiana game I think that was probably their worst game in terms of you know turnovers and mistakes and you know they lost that game because of that they need mm-hmm. to be able to play a clean game and that's how you let these you know lesser teams as we said we know that they're not as talented as Penn State on paper but these teams can battle hard and win a turnover margin and that's how you lose a game to one of those teams. Yeah, so uh, what do you guys prediction here? Um, I'm not changing course this week. <laughs> um, I'm sticking with my word. I'm picking against Penn State again, and uh, maybe hopefully that gives them <laughs> good luck. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Illinois is without their coach. You talked about that. I think we've seen multiple examples across college football, though, where you know teams find motivation after and energy after their coach gets fired. You know, For some players – that's an extremely emotional thing for a team to go through because these guys are kids in high school that are recruiting, that are committing to a lot of times the coach and not necessarily the school. So when you commit to a coach and then that coach leaves, that is an emotional thing because that's a huge part of your life and your football career in general. So I think they will come out with a lot of energy and just kind of honor their coach that they probably all were there for. Um, they'll play strong up front and shut down the Penn State offense to the extent where, you know, they'll finally win a close one. Okay. Illinois 24, Penn State 21. A close one, but they drop it. Okay. And I think it's a great point that you brought up uh, about, you know, replacing Lovey Smith and Rod Smith being the new interim coach for this game. Because a lot of times people see, oh, coach got fired. Season's over. You know, especially Illinois has one game left and they're done. But we also see, I think this is more of the case, that when a coach gets fired, teams rally. And I think 
you know, bringing up Lovey Smith playing for a coach, not necessarily, a, you know, a school or a program. Lovey Smith is, was here for three or four years and he recruited a lot of this roster and he's been, on, you know, the coach of this roster for their entire collegiate careers. So there's absolutely going to be emotion from the Illini when they're on the sidelines at Beaver Stadium. However, I think that just makes the team a little bit closer. I don't think it means Illinois wins. I think Penn State has the much better roster, and they're clicking. I think this is just a, a bad game for Illinois to to come into. If they're playing a Penn State team that was you know zero and five, all right, you know this is this is the team you want to play right now. But this team is clicking. We saw a lot of the energy that we haven't seen all season in the Michigan State win. Uh, the, you know the Dotson touchdown celebration. Um, you know a couple celebrations on sacks. This team is. Totally in. They're totally in. Whatever James Franklin has said the last three weeks, they bought in and they've resurrected what could have been an all-time awful season. It's not so bad. So I think Penn State will go to four and five. I think they win this one uh, 35-21. Not a total blowout, but they take care of business. They leave another really good uh, taste in the fans, uh, in the mouth of Penn State fans who, you know, they've been highly critical throughout the year. But going into this offseason, I think a lot of that is going to be silence. And, you know, a lot of talk will be, oh, what about the first five games? Leave it behind. Leave it behind. You have to focus on what happened the last four and continue to ride that momentum. And I think that's what they're going to be doing. Yeah, and that's the that's the most recent games that you will judge it off of. You can't look back and say, oh, we, well, we played four straight great games to close the season now. But – Let's go back and fire our coach because we lost the first five. Yeah, it sucks. They didn't look good those first couple of games, but we've seen them turn it around, and that's kind of all that I wanted to see. I wanted to enjoy a Penn State football game this year, and I think that I've gotten that over the course of the last three games and you know, hopefully moving into this game. Yeah, I plan on enjoying this one big time, big time. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Like, these last couple games, I'm really excited to watch Penn State football. It's, it's a great feeling. <laughs> I agree. It is a great feeling because I think the beginning of the year, I was kind of going into it and just being like, eh, blah, blah. But, you know, in previous years, I used to be like, on Friday night, I was like, I'm ready to go. Like, you know, once this game coming, I can't, I can't wait till tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, this year has just kind of been, blah, I don't really care that much. But I was still watching. And then, obviously, we turned it on in the last uh, segment of the season, which I was very pleased with. And, I've gotten that energy back to to watch a game. Yeah, gotta love that. Gotta love that. And sadly, this is our last uh, game preview of 2020. Unless, again, bowl game. Don't know what's going on with that. Uh, but you know, it feels like just yesterday we were previewing a top 10 Penn State team heading to, heading into Indiana, expecting them to to beat up on the Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah, boy. And that's and that's when my picks turned around when when I picked them to win the first five games of the season and then I lost all of them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Eh, what are we gonna do? It's twenty twenty. Yeah. At least we're playing. That's the I yep. think that's the kind of the theme that we have been coming up with every podcast that we come on here and talk about this team. Yeah, and somehow with teams across the country and especially seeing the Big Ten, uh Penn State having all their games play this year is pretty remarkable. So credit to whatever whatever system they had, they basically had a bubble because it wasn't even like oh we're, you know they were missing a, a guy or two from the game. They were missing their you know thirty percent of their roster for this game. 
No, they haven't had any of those issues. Uh, whatever bubble situation they had going on, great job, uh, great execution by the, you know, the Penn State coaching staff and great execution by the players because uh, I know we were both in college. You know, we know how easy it is to just slip up and do the wrong thing. And, you know, we said it at the very beginning of the year, you know, <laughs> don't go out and hang out with people you don't really know or don't hang out with guys that are not on the team. They did a great job of not doing that. So right to them. Yeah, they still, they still have a couple more days. Hopefully nothing happens, but I was going to wait until the end of the end of this game to, to mention that, but <laughs> <laughs> you hit on it already. So I'll mention it now. I started this podcast in the beginning of the season with do not expect them to play an entire season. I am shocked that they made it this far without any sort of cancellation. We've seen almost I mean, I think there's a couple of teams that have, have done the same as them, but it's just remarkable that this team has been clean the entire time and haven't had either themselves not having any cases to shut down, but also they've been lucky enough that none of their opponents have shut down and, and caused a, a game cancellation, which you know is really great to see, obviously, because no one's getting the virus. That's the biggest thing, but also because we get to watch football every week. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. The other teams, uh, sometimes you need to be more worried about the other guys than, than yourselves because you don't know what they're doing. So uh, the schedule just fell in the right way. Unfortunately, it didn't go great record-wise, but we got football this year. We saw some great things from this team, and uh, looking forward to Saturday to seeing even more of that. Yeah. All right, you have anything else you want to add to uh, today's pod? That's it. All right. Uh, thank you guys again for listening, you know, these game previews, we have a lot of fun with them. Sadly, this is our last one for the year. Uh, we'll have one more um, game recap next week, and we'll probably do like a year review type of thing and see about a bowl game, different things like that. Uh, so, again, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, continue to follow us on both Spotify and Apple with the podcast, for the Glory of Old State. Share it. Tell your friends. You know, we love doing this, so we want to just, you know, get some more buzz, get, get more of an audience out there and keep having fun with it. So thank you guys again for listening. We'll talk to you next time.